Hello, dear friends, and welcome to the Great Day Podcast. I'm your friend and host, Mayor Kay. And today we have Milach Cohen as our guest, a giant of a man with a tremendous heart and a deep, deep soul. Before jumping into our podcast, however, I want to express my Satov to you for tuning in and listening to this episode and remind you that every Monday, a new episode of the Great Day Podcast is shared. So if you haven't yet, take a moment and subscribe to this podcast your support goes a long, long way. I truly and really appreciate it. So thank you so much for those who are supporting the podcast and for those who are joining today. Also, if you're interested to have your business or product advertised on the podcast, or you'd like to sponsor an episode, please reach out to me at hey at mayorkay.com, hey, H-E-Y at mayorkay.com. Thank you. And now let's delve into the podcast with Mylach Cohen. Been a mission to get her today. December 31st. Then Hashem went all along. Yeah, yeah. Same. It was really interesting. I was hearing a podcast and um, the woman sharing, uh, Rebison Cutler, she mentioned how, you know, when it comes to Muna Patachan, which is sometimes even harder, it's hard. It, she was explaining in a beautiful way, like sometimes like she wants a God that she can't understand. Like if I can understand the person that I trust, then then what kind of what kind of God is that for me? If I can, if I could understand it, then like cool, then I then I understand it. I need I I lean on I get my comfort from under, accepting that I don't understand that I I trust in a God that's way beyond my understanding and I can never understand the likes of this and I just have to lean into it and accept whatever's taking place is truly for the best. It's like uh, I heard from uh, one from Mother Frank. You know, people. There are people who are very anti-asking questions, and so he said, "If you can't ask questions, then anybody can tell you the coin, you know, God. But God is so great. He's like, ask questions. Sure, dig. Right. I think by asking the questions, you give you give um, strength to the relationship. If you didn't care about the relationship, then you wouldn't fight for it. You wouldn't you wouldn't question it. You wouldn't feel anything for it, whether you feel slighted or not. Well, so I think. I think uh, some people call some people off to be, and it's so not true. Right. Yeah. Right. When, when, when people label or they say, Feh, you shouldn't have questions, just believe, the, the, then I think it's tricky because then there's no, there's no challenge, there's no foundation. Then like, what, what are we doing? Right. Now how are you going to dig for it yourself? And you can't just uh, be a repeating puppy. Right. Was there, I mean, we're jumping, I, you know, I had talking about God having a plan. I had a whole different way of starting off this podcast right now, but we're here right now. So I'm just going to go with it. That's a conversation with you privately. Like. Truly, truly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, was there a moment in, in time is it, or multiple times that you had these, a question that you brought up that was shut down or that uh, made you or a and then b was where was a moment in time that you decided to look for those questions or answers yourself in general i, I don't I, I don't know that i have any specific at the second you know um memory of uh being you know question being shut down but it was it was frowned upon you know or you know and certain questions you just didn't dare ask you know um 
you know, you can ask an Auschwitz question, you know, mm-hmm. uh, whatever. Uh, it can be so many, you know, and uh, if you don't have the right people or the people uh, around, uh, around you don't have the Yeshiva Das or whatever it is, the proper tools to answer you, and a lot of people get frustrated, and it's just best and easiest thing to say, don't ask. You know? Truth. But, uh, so I don't know. I, I don't have to have a story in particular of a question, but, uh, but um, you know, it was kind of frowned upon. Or I was also a little shy and withdrawn, so I didn't have to raise my voice all the time. Uh-huh. So how, how a young, shy boy became a man who's, who's a superstar in the, in the Hasidic Jewish world, performing for thousands. We'll get there, the journey. Hashem has his plan. I don't know. I, I, I uh, as being, uh, you know, musical or sort of a musician, maybe if I can uh, say that, um, you somewhat think, you know, of, uh, you wonder if that might happen to you kind of thing. But uh, I don't think I ever allowed myself, but the, the cliche, seeing my name in lights, you know, I, 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 I wouldn't, I couldn't be here. Like, me, whatever. Wild. Know? <laughs> what was did you have i mean you didn't have that particular dream but did you have some sort of vision for yourself when you were a child growing up um i don't know i always liked singing and uh i would uh you know have imaginary bands with my brother for some periods of time uh, a certain age you know but uh i i honestly can't i always i did always uh i did love chazanot you know uh, but I, I didn't think of it as a professional. I wanted to be able to sing, you know, I liked singing. I didn't think of it. I don't know that I thought of anything in particular. Right. Well, I mean, I know, I know you definitely grew up in a, in a, in a, in a house of music and like, and like you mentioned, you definitely, you have the background in Chazanis and even, um, Picture shout out to picture picture Macher. He gave me a, he gave me some insight that you uh, also did some off, off Broadway Yiddish plays. Yeah, that sounds I, like a, a little fun experience right there. Yeah, very interesting. I I actually used to tell people I I used to sing on Broadway until they call the cops. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh you know what very interesting. I I was married once to uh, um this woman and she had a friend from high school that when we came home we got this phone call and this friend from high school became a Gioras. And she got married, had a family, and we went there for Shabbat. Uh, through them, it was a, a community in Queens. And uh, a friend of somebody, he started a, a new Ashgacha, and he hired me as an Ashgiach. Um, uh, I don't remember one thing led to another, and then somebody asked me uh, for an interview to be a Chazan somewhere. And uh, you know, in passing, I also told somebody that I would I would love to do acting, but I'm a little shy and my English is not that great. But maybe if it was Yiddish, I wonder. Uh, at any rate, uh, so I went. I was at this uh, canter. This guy, I went for uh, like an interview, Manhattan office, and uh, I got the job for Shoshana in Yom Kippur. And there was this uh, article for whatever reason. And uh, this guy's friend of mine, um, 
asked, I remembered, like he called me up. It's like, you still want to do acting? I know this Yiddish play. It just opened up a new uh, Yiddish theater. And um, I went for a read and uh, I got the part. It was uh, Davina Felder, very interesting. And then uh, they did a few other different ones. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow, that's, that's incredible. That's, a, yeah. that's, that's, that's really amazing. We had a few months run, actually. Wow. So, I mean, the, the, the performer, the performer in you is, uh, is quite evident and it, and it shows within your personality as well. Like I, I believe you you talk a, a, a true artist in the sense of, um, of, of, of voice, personality, music, and it's, it's, and it comes through with the type of art that, and music that you put out into the world. Um, and I think it's, it's received in su- such a manner. I mean, you're definitely like an outlier. I, I you know, do you, and perhaps it's, do you find it that sometimes there are opportunities that you could pivot in a way that more people would enjoy your music or you could cr- create your art in a way that's could be quote unquote more mainstream, which could be bring quote unquote more success. And do you consciously sacrifice that for the ability to just say, Hey, this is me. I want to do this. I'm kind of honestly kind of going through a little of that, you know, uh, um, <laughs> you know, and, uh, Love Dafka is a lot of music that I've released is my personal, uh, like what I would, you know, style of music that I would, you know, like EDM or, uh, you know, and also especially now what's going on in the world, it's a little, you know, not so easy to travel around and uh, come and go, or let's say it's way more convenient to not travel. And, uh, so I am uh, recording some songs, and uh, perhaps it, perhaps is it a different uh, style. Mm. Uh, if it's mainstream, I don't know to what era, and and I don't know which which mainstream. Yeah, there is a there is a Heimish uh, kind of mainstream, uh, you know. And then there's a lot of different uh, uh, styles, and I'm not really sure. It's, it's live, a lot more live instruments, um, but uh, so I am, uh, you know, I'm debating that constantly. You know, do you want to record like what's a definite bet, or or what spoke to you at the time as a as an arrangement for this song? Yeah, True, and not so much about this cell. Uh, that obviously you're gonna think that you know you wonder, uh, but uh, you know there is. Um, a time when you mamish gearing toward that and toward that only. And there's a, you know, there's a time when you, you know, you, I don't know, you're wandering, you're wandering off in a field of music and seeing what, you know, what speaks, what, you know, you, hopefully you constantly ask Hashem to guide you, you know. I don't write songs I uh, receive, hopefully. Yeah. So what is that process for you? Like, what does music do for you? A song is everything to me, you know. Uh, memorize something by a song. Uh, it's my comfort. It's how I, I express myself. Uh, it's everything. Mm. It's life. It's a breath. Was there somebody in your life earlier on that had a big impact or inspired you to like, hey, do this, pursue this, or this, this, this may be a great outlet for you to express yourself through? 
And I met the uh, great uh, Shi Mandelowitz. Uh, and uh, he personally always, always, uh, you know, encouraged me uh, in, in that way. Uh, but I can't, um, not as a downside, you know, I, I do remember uh, a long story in my life, but uh, at one point in my life, I was in my parents' home and uh, my, I was playing guitar. I don't think my family had seen me play guitar. Anyways, it's, it's another long story. Uh, and I was playing guitar with my brother in the other room, and my father, I don't think I even played a song that I wrote or anything like that. And I don't think I ever told him that I wrote, I wrote a song. But, and he asked me, uh, so when are you going to record an album? And uh, whatever, it's not, really not anything, but it was. It meant a lot to me. Right. It meant to me, and uh, it was, you know, so I... I it kind of inside, it was a few times of uh, in my life I had like this epiphany. I knew this this means something, and I don't know what it means. Like mm -hmm. I didn't dream of anything like that. But uh, I can't really say, uh, you know, I didn't grow up speaking, uh, I mean, playing instruments, uh, maybe by ear, you know, just a little, uh, you know, strumming on something. But So I can't, uh, I don't. Right. So if take me back, you know, to that pre like the Milo Cohen that we we all know through like the past couple of years through the music that, you know, has gone quote unquote viral. You know, you grew up <clears throat> in Satmar in Williamsburg um, to a, a, a Hasidic Hamisha family. And you um, you sort of went through quote unquote that way of life, that system for a bit. And through through that element, you know, it's sort of those who are familiar with that, with, with the community, it's, it's sort of black and white, literally, right? White shirts, black pants, black coats. It's, it's, it's very, and I'm still, I sort of grew up in a very similar work, sort of, you know, we're cousins, Hasidic cousins, grew up in Chabad in similar dress and whatnot, sure to pay us. Um, but the, but the, the, the ideas there are, are sort of the same. And I don't know if you connect with this myself. I always felt like a little more like, you know, Yosef's coat, a little more colorful, a bit more out there, a little thinking a bit differently. And I think now the system or the community is a bit more open to accepting such colorful beings. But, I, you know, my time growing up, which is only maybe 15 years ago, you, you know, maybe a couple of years on me, uh, I can only imagine how much more um, rigid those, that box may be. How, how did you make sense of that? And what, what was your journey to, you know, to discover your inner voice and not literally, but just your own being? Um. I'll tell you, first of all, I, I, you know how glasses or, or neckties come in and out or suspenders come in and out in style? Yes. Wide, narrower. It's a cycle. But I still remember Williamsburg when it was colorful. <laughs> <laughs> first time. Uh, and like when I grew up, when I was a kid, there was a lot of, um, the, the, uh, the dress code wasn't the way it is now, very, uh, like Maruba, you know, wasn't. The box wasn't the same, you know. Um, there were in the community. It was a lot more. It was more chill. Williamsburg. Uh, well, uh, it was. It was different. I think it got. Um, well, it, obviously, in general, it got chiller. It, it's more chilled now. But uh, I think um, it got more intense. And now, and now chilled back, but I don't think it was this intense, you know. 
You're right. I think it's true. Even growing up, I know my 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 father's mentioned how like you know it wasn't a big deal for guys to in camp to wear jeans. You know now you wouldn't caught you know dead walking down the main streets with with jeans on. It just has a certain you know message that goes through it. I think back then it it was a bit more relaxed in that sense, and perhaps you know as the generations quote unquote go, there's a lot more restrictions or guidelines to come up so to keep you know the generation a bit more close. Right. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure that I have the, the clearest view on it, but you know, but uh, it, yeah, I, I might be off. You know what I mean? Totally. Uh, but this, but it is way way more colorful than um, things that certain things are more accept, uh, uh, accepted that you wouldn't have thought. You know. Uh, but there are certain, and then there are certain concepts I just remembered. Uh, Maybe it's not Shaykh, maybe it is, but uh, I remember uh, some of a friend, a friend of mine's father passed away in Yerushalayim. And so he was speaking with his father that he never saw him bite in a sandwich or bite a shawarma. He would open it on the plate. And, and I remember, I'd forgotten that. I'd forgotten that there was such a thing, you know. Huh. That's something that's way uh, lost, you know, the... I mean, a certain edelkite. Yeah, it's about a certain edelkite, you know. Certain so refinement a, of character, yeah. yeah. So what is open, what is not open, not, I, I don't, you know, but... Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you, you do have, it seems like, a really strong or somewhat admiration, respect for, um, you know, your father. And I think your latest post from a few months ago on Instagram, at Mylach Cohen, Subtle, subtle plug right there. Um, has uh, you have a picture of your father? I believe it was his yard site on uh, the day of his passing. And what's interesting for me, what comes up is that there's a a quote that you seem to bring up every time you do post about his passing. Yeah. One about how he used to say, "I'm paraphrasing here. You can't take money with you, but you can send it in advance." What What does that mean to you? Why do you share that particular quote? Well, you know the great uh, Shlomo. Sure. Quotes the Hilige Pisetzna. The greatest desire in the world is to, be, to do someone else a favor. The greatest thing in the world is to do someone chesed. Uh, my father, Shlomo, was very, very, um, his life was, that's what he did, you know. He, uh, he besides, I mean, he had a hotel uh, in New Hampshire, did different things, but. He was he was busy with uh, going around to companies, uh, getting them to donate, uh, as well as collecting money for this Tom uh, Cheshavas thing that he had uh, with Rabbi Matzah Palachek, this other person. And so um, that's what he was busy with. And there was some great stories that are you know I'll tell you a story. Uh, he uh, he walked into a store. Your father. Yeah, and he and there was a guy by the register, customer, with a wagon, and and the guy the, the behind the register tells him, "Listen, sir, you have a, a bill. I can't I can't uh, take your order. Pay your bill first, 
And so the guy, you know, embarrassedly walked out. So my father asked him, uh, how much does the guy owe? So I think he said $4,000. I don't remember the number. Wow. So my father said, okay, he left. He came back a little while later. He gave him $4,000. I said, how much is the order? Back it up. I sent it to him. Wow. So that's what he, uh, that's what my father, uh, you know. So if I can do anything for my father, I, uh, I mean, everything is Hashem, and I, uh, that's my nechama. But in my life history, to be very honest, uh, as I told my father uh, at his funeral, I've embarrassed you, Baravim. I'd like to ask, apologize to you, Baravim. So, you know, so if I can uh, perhaps do something for him. Mm. And the greatest thing is do some chesed. And, and uh, you know, love makes the world go around. I mean, everything, uh, every conflict one might have with a person, if you can just put that aside and be kind to that person, the conflict disappears. So that's where it's at, you know, so that's all we got. When you, when you mentioned uh, about, you know, at, <clears throat> you, you asked for forgiveness in front of the, in front of the masses because of the, you said you felt you get, you brought embarrassment to your father in front of the masses. Why is that something that he expressed to you? Is that something you just felt because you didn't fall in a certain line? Well, I, mean, I, I, I I had obviously caused him pain, you know, and in his community, you know, I, uh, I, I, I had left, and I, it's a, a close community. It wasn't just a guy living across the street that I don't see anymore, and uh, I, you know, it made a, also because I was a quiet guy, it was, uh, you know, mm. and, I, and I didn't just move from Wonsburg to Flatbush, you know. Right. Throughout that time, were you in communication with your with your family at all? Were and uh, with some, mm -hmm. uh, you know, my mother was uh, at times. If I was in New York, uh, I would go visit her. My father was just too painful. Not that he wouldn't see. Me. Can you? Are you? Can you share a bit about that journey when you sort of yeah. quote, left the community and where? Where did that take you? And and what did you discover along the way? I know it's a big, it's a big question. It's a big question that spans over, I'm sure, years. Um, yeah, I, and and uh, feel free to pick uh, and if I veer off to something. But the first thing that the uh, first thing that uh, honestly just came up, sure, is that uh, I forgot, or if I wanted to forget that I'm a Jew, they all knew, no matter where I was, or how how improved my English got. <laughs> We never got, but uh, it was very. It, it, made, it became very clear, very time, many times in my life, many stages, where uh, you know there were some Jews that didn't think I'm Jewish, uh, but they all know. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like I mean? No, I'm going a little bit back, but I'm just trying to get to the genesis of the like the the reason. It, it's a big deal. It takes a lot of. You know, do you have to face a lot of fear? It takes a courageous act to go and, and to leave the comfort of one's community, even though it may not be great and it doesn't feel comfortable to be there, but sometimes we choose comfortability even though it's not serving us. Like, was it to, to say, okay, this is my, you know, I'm going, was it, was it a sense of because you were just more, you were curious about what was out there? Was it about, I'm so, I'm angry at my, I want to like let go of my identity as a Jew? Where, you know, where was this, this, um, 
the action coming from? I don't want to you know, hurt nobody's feelings or any community's feelings or anything, but in, in, in part, I don't know if that makes any sense, actually. But in part, I, you know, the bird doesn't leave the nest unless there's a snake looming around. You know, I don't know if that makes sense, but, you know. Uh, uh, and that's not, you know, it's easy always to blame someone else. And that's not what I'm, you know, but that's where I was. So uh, people might have told me in the past or even then, wow, what a courageous act. I never thought it was a courageous act. I mean, I thought that I, I was cornered. It was the only decision you had to do, the only choice you had. Yeah, I had to, yeah. How old were you at this time? 17. Uh, I had also been on my own since I'm like maybe 13. And since I'm like about 14, I was overseas. Like I went to Yeshiva and I came home uh, twice a year. Uh, and the, at 14, I, I went to Europe. So I came home once a year. So by 17, I was, uh, you know. Right. Did you find, did you find what you were, I mean, you, you sort of, the journey sort of brought you back to a place where you started, but in perhaps in a different way and from a place of choice of choosing at this time on, on your own, you know, in your own regard. Could you share with me like one of these, um, like a moment where maybe through a conversation, through a, an experience, through a place that helped you redefine your reality or your relationship with yourself, with, with Hashem? I'll tell you two things that stuff that come up that I think uh, often I remember them. I lived upstate New York, uh, Wappinger Falls, and uh, I was walking on the street, and um, God wasn't left on my conversation. And um, I think I helped an old man cross the street or something. And he said something to me, I don't remember what, and I said, thank God, uh, something to that effect. And he said, yeah, wouldn't that be nice? And uh, I, I said, well, I, I had to think about that. And I thought, you know what? It would be nice. It would be nice. Uh, it was first time. It was like, uh, 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 it wasn't, wasn't years later till I started thinking about becoming religious, but but um, but obviously, uh, the constant you know arguing in my head, you know, God, this and that, and you know, was you know, it was it was cooking there, it was ruminating, right? But uh, you know, it wasn't something I was contemplating, you know, thinking, becoming religious, anything like that. It wasn't, uh, and um, you know, whatever. Whatever my questions or theories were at the time, yeah. but uh, then when he told me this old man, when he told me that, it really made it uh, made me think differently. Then uh, there was this person I met giving someone a ride from the airport to Monroe, a healer from I don't know. I think it was an American guy, but he's coming from India, long hair. I don't know. I got there. I don't know. But in a conversation on the drive, he said to me, like most of the world is like, there's something, someone pointing to the sky 
and everybody's looking at his finger. And that made also a big uh, difference to me. <laughs> wow. Wow. Go to the source. But, uh, you know, but there's a lot of different things and there's a lot of, you know, small different things. I'll tell you uh, something also that I've, that came up to me in my life a lot that I, so I was looking at it and I, ultimately I, I see everybody as a, ultimately, no matter what age, at some point, you know, somebody's just, everybody's just a little kid lost in this great big world. And everybody's um, so being protected. It's really wild. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say I'm, that, you I'm know. I found myself, and I think back of so many places and so many things, I, I can't believe I'm, how did I get there? How did I get out of that? What? How am I healthy and what's going on here? And I'm, I'm realizing everybody's like that. Yeah, yeah. Taking that inner child, you know, we, we come up and we put on these armors of growth. We're an adult and we got to operate in these sort of manners. But ultimately, I think we're, yeah, there's this young child within that wants to just be cherished, loved, to know that it's enough to um, just feel safe. Um, yeah, that's something that's, I think, very quite universal and um, and something that, you know, to, to keep in mind, I, I think so I did read recently that there, if, if there's only two emotions uh, out there, love and fear, you know, where do we operate from? Are we operating from a place of fear or are we operating, operating from a place of love? And um, I think sometimes when we, you know, we can come across people, sometimes more evident, or e- easy to see in other people, how they're operating from how they're approaching life, uh, whether it's to us or in general, but sometimes just take a pause and moment and say, Hey, where am I making my decisions from? Where am, how am I approaching life? Is it from a place of fear? Is it from a place of scarcity? Is it a place of, you know, like, Oh, if I don't get this now or do this or, or distance myself because of, I may get hurt or is it a place from a love of abundance and, and, uh, and connectivity. And I think that's how I try to, you know, connect my relationship with, with God, with my higher power, so to speak, is is that is from not from a place of love, and that and not from a place of fear, of just full of abundance and full of just acceptance and full of of love, and when it's from that, it's just like the sky is the limit. You know, it fills me up, and I'm and able to feel closer to to Hashem. I know during your journey as well, you spent some time in the uh, the uh, the mountains of Carpathian Mountains. I'm definitely blushing that up, that word, um, the Carpathian Mountains. Was that a was that intended because I I actually uh, Shlomo from Shlomo Gazin from Zosha he actually let, allowed me to, he let me know that actually the Balshentov meditated in these same mountains in this mountain range. Um, is that was that an intention because oh you know was that something that you thought about because of Balshentov was that sort of like a, a spiritual path or you just ended up there? What was your time there like? No, but it was just. I was there, but it wasn't because of that. I mean, obviously, being there, and then you know, we start uh, thinking like tripping on that, you know. But again, that's just uh, emotions. But for sure, I mean, you know, you, you know, in, to some degree, it's not just emotions. You know, uh, I'm like I'm in Israel, and I'm driving in. You know, uh, let's say if you're driving, I see sign Shechem, and you're like, oh, you know, that's where. Uh, the, the Shvatim walked, they walked around there. So, you know, it means something special. But, 
Um, it wasn't that it wasn't the reason. Uh, and I actually don't really like that much, to be honest. As much as I like it, uh, this, you know, some, I'm not sure, but very interesting about it. Very in, I don't know. Uh, but I also don't like it. I don't like those countries. I don't like to go there. Got it. There's a lot of stuff. I don't like. <laughs> What's coming? What comes up for you? Um, just, you know, our recent history. You know, mm. a lot. Yeah. In Israel or whatever, you know, I don't know. It just, uh, you know. Yeah, I hear you. The um, is there a um a moment throughout the um like this particular journey that you or perhaps any moments throughout this period of life that you look back and sort of regret? Are there any or a moment of like you know I wish I I wish I knew better. I wish I didn't do that. I'll tell you, I I believe that everything is a sham and. And everything, I mean, I, I, not I believe, I mean, I, I learned as far in there. <laughs> uh, everything is a sham. So whatever happened t- till this instant, you know, whatever Bechir is, I'm not, I can't, I don't know, can't explain it. Her choice. That everything that happened till now was a sham for its own. So, who am I to regret? Mm. That's a, that's a real. Uh, that's I feel like that's you know it's it's something that's to to put on a on a coffee mug right there. I mean it's, it's ultimate truth. You know, like when I read like these quotes from like Hallmark or uh, that have like these like these one liners that like are just so like sometimes on the brink of cliche because they're so you know, it's so watered down truth. Someone went through a whole lot to get to this moment so they could, could, you know, bring down this vessel in these few words, this experience that they went through to say like, you know, these, this quote that's like full of wisdom. Um, But I think, and I think what you're saying is correct, you know, to be able to say that like, this moment, everything, every decision that we made or didn't make, or we, we're guided to be here at this very moment is filled, you know, Hashem's fingerprints, God's fingerprints are all over it. Um, it's in those moments, I think, when we resist it or we don't want to accept what's going on or it's maybe, it's it's easy when the mind's calm, when when things are going, quote, unquote, our way, when it's our will, that we're like, oh, this is great. Um, but in, in those moments when things are not so obvious to us, how do you, um, from your experience, how do you make sense of that or how do you lean into it, not just by saying, okay, God, you know, sure. But I, I mean, cause like, if we just say it, then like, how do you, do you get to a place of where it's like, I, I truly believe it. And how does that avoid it? How does that work come through in, in your reactions? Yeah, yeah, um, you're asking if I, if when, when a certain regret comes up, when, or when, when things don't go, when things aren't as clear to you, like, okay, you know, when there's, when it's tough. I guess. Right. I, I, uh, I fight. I, I, I hopefully have the right mindset to fight it. And, but it might take me a day or two. <laughs> and, you know, um, I don't know. I, yeah. you know, I hope I, I just, um, I, I just try to speak to Hashem. I mean, it's not like, you know, uh, give me an answer like a regular guy, but, uh, um, no, I, you know, I'm, 
things get tough. Believe me, uh, things get tough. But uh, you know, it's a work in progress. The 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 calmest, calm, calmest, coolest, collective person that I've seen are those that work on on that. You know, and take it to the next level. You know, the so, the the concept of 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 trusting God. Um, yeah, that everything is perfect. You know, it's the way it has to be. I just have to figure out how to get through this. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very, it's a, it, it, when things get tough, I fight for that. How am I going to do that? How am I going to do, you know, work through, the, you know, how, how and, uh, and is this going to be my Nisayon? That meaning that it won't work out just to see whether I, you know, but this is my only chance, you know, uh, you know, but uh, to fight for that. But um, hopefully I won't start yelling and, and get angry for too long until I get to that spot. A, a small little pivot. Um, you did bring up uh, Shlomo Karbach earlier, Shlomo Karbach. And here's another um, quote that you sort of picked out from Reb Shlomo. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, I, I found this on your Instagram as well, where Reb Shlomo Karbach, uh, paraphrasing here, doing an Avera is bad, but feeling guilty is evil because guilt kills the spirit. What's, um, what draws you, Reb Shlomo has so many beautiful lines and what's, what's something that's particularly connected with this one? Uh, it's also something that um, a quote that I don't remember from whom my mother repeats it a lot. Hmm. Um, a Jewish mother who 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 talks down on guilt. That's uh, wow. Yeah, that's special. Uh, she said, uh, "Let me see if I can remember now." Um, and uh, um, you know, uh, um, the worst thing about the avera is not the avera; it's the guilt. Mm, sure, it's not. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but that's perhaps a better way of saying it. And all on the and and the opposite, the mitzvah, you know, um, you know. So uh, simcha is the is the you know, like when you go to the mirror, you know, like the the you go to the mirror and smile, you know. And sometimes I and I sometimes do that, you know, <laughs> you know because you can't be too angry too long if you're gonna do that, and you just fight through it, you know. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I think you know. There's this whole idea. My, my, my sorry, uh, I, my my uh, rabbi that just passed away, uh, Rav Mentor, about a half year ago. So he I said um, he used to always. Uh, he was very uh, um, against all the you know guilty feeling and uh, you know sighing and you know just just be happy, 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 happy. And so, you know, try not to, you know, this is what it is. I mean, as long as it didn't hurt a person, then that, that's something to where to feel guilty about and try to make it right. But anything, you know, me and God or, and honestly, it's like, you know, sometimes I wonder like, oh, I didn't do this, uh, whether it's business or, I don't know. Mate, why didn't, why didn't I buy Bitcoin when they, <laughs> I don't know what. Uh, you know, like everybody, everybody, but I have that a lot of times and I have to quickly 
you know, my, honestly, my, my nechama is, you know, uh, you know, everything is what he does, and this is what he wants from me. It's, and, uh, it, it, it's great. So I really, this is my, this is what I fight for uh, um, in a program myself, if I may use that word. You know. Hmm. Well, That's yeah. amazing. The um, the I think that's a tremendous, you know, incredible. I think exercise or or avida to like really work on and focus on is like this. To the when when things do when challenges do come and when doubts do arise to like ah this is like to approach it with curiosity and it's like this is okay this is great like this is my moment this is the battlefield right now Hashem is giving me an opportunity right now to practice my relationship my trust with him in this moment and to like lean into that and and it may it may take a few minutes days or hours or, or you know weeks however mm-hmm. it coming through that experience will only create a deeper bond um between myself or yourself with with um, with Hashem. If if there's someone who's listening now who is finding themselves in a moment of despair or you know struggle with their own trust or with you know with God in their own specific way, do you have one or two words of encouragement or, or tips that they can do that could help them shift their mind to to lean into this relationship that they're trying to build on? Uh, uh, I'll tell you. I I remember when I when I started. I remember telling a friend of mine, someone I went to school with when I was a little kid, and he also wasn't religious. And at the time, I I had started to think uh, about, and I and I opened up to this friend, and I told him, I think I had it real wrong all these years. You know, I uh, you know I'm I'm I, you know. So he said, "Come on, how are we, how, how we going to get get back to believing? We can't get back there." I said, "You know what? I'm going to say I believe until I'm going to believe." Wow. And I, you know, I, then I remembered because um, probably it was probably said to me many years ago, "I'm not the And uh, you know, and. Um, you know the cliche: good things don't come easy, and uh, um, it's only um, it's only uh, it, it, it's not gonna be like. I mean, if you if you're a searcher, you can't give up on on searching because it's gonna haunt you. So if you're a searcher, keep searching, and if you're searching. Don't just fold the cards just yet, you know. So, you know, go for it. To to pivot the um the the conversation a bit, what um you know you there are these pockets of of time in which you you know you're creating and people like one of the the biggest questions of course people asked when I when I posted that I was doing this podcast is a lot of people are like. We love his music. We love him. You know, why isn't there a constant flow? When's his next album coming out? When, what inspired? And of course, like what inspired you to come and 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 to lean in and to start creating music, music again for the public. So, um, what was 
what is um like do you find that creativity comes in just ebbs and flows when you feel like it then you go out and you sit down you go and create um or is this something a bit more you know uh, a bit more regulated or something that has a bit more consistency to it how how's your creative process work um well there's writing there's songs and then there's recording songs and it's a very different um you know they're very different as you know um writing a song depending on who or how they write uh writing a song could could be in a, in a minute you know uh, or it could take two years you know um mm-hmm. do you uh, and there's creative um mm-hmm. there's obviously there there there's times and it comes and times when it doesn't um but then there also times where if you get into that it will come you know like you know like could walk on the street and just the jingle comes and then it could be times and nothing it doesn't but if I you know if I start if you you know you put yourself there you know um as that's as far as you know writing but that's I I don't know that uh from professionally I know that because that's kind of you know but I always did uh maybe more so jingles than real long long songs and whatnot uh you know so as far as recording and releasing that's a whole new world uh new world to me that I I'm maybe learning a little about but I don't really know about outsource that outsource it uh yeah you know I, I don't <laughs> Find the find the people who know how to do it and just stick to the creativity. Do yeah. you have do you have a favorite song of yours that you can feel connected with? It depends on, on what. Uh there's because I have different types of songs like uh you know, maybe uh like Kochovirichi. Uh, you know, then there is uh you know uh Bahafto, you know. I mean besides how the music makes it be different but if you take the song separately you know i'm surprised you said via hafta because i feel like we send them and then there is so they're different ones uh but but i did mention kutchevich and i and i do like that uh i i like that song it's just that uh i also like that it has more um how do you say batim and it has more parts that well some songs have two parts or you know right has been more personality in some ways um and i you know so i you know i i i dream of uh, i hope of writing really uh, complex songs but we'll see Hashem will grant me out you know i didn't really try to you know i am surprised that you you brought up via hafta though because i feel like for a lot of artists when like they have this one hit that's more pop or gets more mainstream after so it, it sort of loses its 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 specialness from just the thousands of times of just you know re singing it replaying it there's still it's it's still it's there's still something special that you still feel connected to it about uh well first i mentioned it uh, meaning that i mentioned it and that that has different styles but uh, but it's uh I'll tell you this um this Saudi that I told you uh, my Rebbe that passed away half a year ago he he told me after a first song that I recorded in Africa I I told him that 
I recorded the song and it kind of went viral. And I asked him for more, uh, I asked him for a bracha, I should have more matanot like that. So he said, you write a song about Ahavat Yisrael and you'll be matzleach. So that was also the time when I told you a few times in my life, I uh, I felt like something is, um, I felt I felt like I don't know what it means, but I'll understand. And I didn't want to ask. I, I knew that one day I'll... So it was a year, a few years, maybe two years, I learned a call that, uh, or actually, no, it was a half year later or so, that this song just came to me. Uh, I was actually trying to go to sleep. I couldn't fall asleep and thinking about song. And then this song just popped up like that. It's, uh, it's special to me. I understand. Uh, I, I've heard that, you know, from uh, maybe I'm not... Uh, and I didn't perform it that many times to be like big, big bands bored of the songs. But also it's, uh, it's um, um, you know, it, it has that message, which is therefore it's hard to, hard to be bored of it kind of thing. Yeah, totally. And I, I, you know. Has, has life changed in, in major ways from the hit via Hafta? Um, only, uh, I tried, uh, well, only, only that a lot of people recognize me. Um, selfies, but, selfies don't pay the bills though, huh? Yeah. You know, but you know what? I, I, I'll tell you something. I, I'm not exaggerating, but I've lived on the streets and I've eaten from garbage can. So, uh, thank God I, I'm living like, uh, what an adventurous life, and and Hashem uh, has always taken care of me. And uh, you know, uh, I used to smoke cigarettes. And I think back, and at the time I didn't have money, but I don't. I always kind of I always had cigarettes. I think, I mean, you know, I, I things work out. You know, it's okay. So a little less money, a little more money. You know, mm. thank God I'm living indoors these days. <laughs> that's it's so it's so hard for me to like continue this conversation without just trying to scratch the surface of that comment of you saying you slept out in the street homeless and what was that what was what was going on there for just i, I know we're backtracking a second but i'm just wow just to give some context of like yeah we are today and how did that happen and how, and how did you get through that? Um, it was uh, actually lived uh, in a state. Uh, I had a good job. <laughs> actually, yeah, I had a good job. And this friend of mine lived in another state and uh, he called me like, you got to come out here. He lived in LA. got to come out here. It's great. Da, 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 whatever. Sold me on a golden dreams. And uh, so they, you know, I asked for a, uh, I don't remember a week or two paid vacation. They gave it to me with a raise. And so I went there. And, um, you know, I was like, okay, I'm quitting and I'm not coming back, you know. But then things didn't work out. Mm. Uh, uh, I was, uh, it was a long time ago. I was, I was young, you know, and uh, I had jobs through, you know, a connection of this guy, this seed, and this guy. Now all of a sudden I'm in, uh, in Cali. No, nothing. No, there's no. <laughs> they ask me for a resume. I'm like, what's a resume? And so, and after a little while, you know, 
I, I couldn't just live by my friend, you know. So you move on. Wow. And that's, that's what happened. Wow. That's, so, that's, that, but you know, then uh, I, I had the, <laughs> You know, thank God. I, I uh, after a while, I got out of that. I remember half a year. I don't recall how long, but uh, but uh, you know, things. You know, whatever. <laughs> the 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 complexity and the the highs and lows of your life is it's quite quite inspiring, and through throughout it all, and I had another stint like that in the same state, but a different story. Because when I when I was on the streets over there. I saw a school, it was a music school, somewhere off of Hollywood Boulevard, and I went in, and uh, you know, I uh, I wanted to play guitar or whatever I was, you know, but I I, I said it was it was like hard on me, but then I figured that singing, uh, you know, I would like to sing. I'm just gonna go for singing. So I I signed up for that school. And so they accepted me the financial aid, and they're like, okay, come back in, I don't know, a year, something like that, uh, next year. They said, you know, it's full, this is for the next year or something like that. All right, after a little while, a friend of mine uh, called me from Georgia. and uh, The state or the country? The state. Okay. Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> so, uh, I down to Georgia. I had a job there and uh, things were good. I had a great job, a great apartment and things were great down south. And then I remembered, whoa, it was like a year flew by and I had like the school. So I had a car at the time, packed it up, driving down to Cali. Just picked up and went, huh? Just went for it. And I had, uh, you know, I signed up for school. Like, this is exciting. You know, what am I... You know, I was like working at a job. Like, How old are you here at this part at this stage? Um, early twenties, I think, twenty-one maybe. Um, you drove over to Cali. So I'm driving out to Cali, and I, I don't have any money, but you know I have enough to get there, and we'll figure it out. And I'm going to school, and uh, I come into school, and then uh, they're like, "All right, great, yeah, welcome." just need three and a half thousand dollars. I'm like, what? <laughs> He's like, yeah. I was like, what about all the loans? He's like, yeah, that's, you know, but you still need three and a half thousand dollars. I said, well, I'm living in my car. I don't have, a... he's like, well, sorry. So then, you know, I went back to familiar streets and uh, that was my second stint. And, uh, you know. Wow. <laughs> in insane. Wow. And in, the, in those, that in in those moments, how did you stay? I mean, I don't know if you did, but I would say positive or grounded, um, or optimistic. Thinking, uh, you know, not believing, believing. But I had many conversations with Hashem those nights. It is what it is, you know, whatever. But uh, like many people do. But uh, thinking back, it's like you know, I can like, well, you know, I, like I'm, I don't know that I'm ready to do it now, but it happened. I don't know. I, I don't know. You know, like sometimes. Things happen, and you think back, and like you, you, I, I don't know what my calculations were. were but. Mm -hmm. It's 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 quite amazing how I, I really appreciate the, uh, the the realness and the and the vulnerability of of this conversation. Like, and you, and you seem very comfortable within it, and it's which is and thing in this day and age is hard to come across. And and 
I tell you, I, I, I am who I am. I, I have nothing else. So if you like me, I, you know, everybody wants to be liked, and I, you know, like to like everybody. And this is all I got. You know, they told us, you know, when you tell a lie, you better have a good memory. So I, you know, I can't put up any, you know, you know, I might have been in in, in theater. I'm not, a, I'm not a good actor. Maybe I was on stage, and maybe me came out, but I don't think I'm a good actor. But you know, this is who I am. Yeah, I think. And then. the well yeah i think great actors either i mean there there is a certain realness to it or, and they also enlisted a, a a feeling within us that feels touches our humanity so how, how much more so if you're just showing up as the deep human that you are in stage how can we the audience not connect with that so i think it, you definitely are a fantastic actor in that regard um but that that being said you know, you are, you, it's, it's, it is cool. I think maybe that answers uh, uh, this question that I have is where it's, you are this, cr- this super colorful person and performer dressing up in your music videos on stage and, and, you know, kicking off your shoes and walking barefoot and, and, you know, socks and your music videos is, is, is that thought out? Is that something, is that some sort of message you want to share? Or is it just more like, eh, this is, you know, this is me. Um, it's funny because you said you asked before if I have any regrets. I, m- I might, have, <laughs> I might have some uh, moments that uh, not that I don't have regrets. I I, yeah. I try to book myself out of that, you know, and to not have uh, as well. As, I mean, I have some moments that embarrassed, <laughs> more embarrassed about. And like when you said video, I know I have like probably have a video that I'm probably a little embarrassed about. But in general, the videos were not thought out. Definitely not by me. Uh, you know, uh, my first few videos, I didn't really like why we do videos like Manapuchu. I didn't really, I just went to a studio to record it like for myself. Like I want to know the feeling. And the guy is a great guy, Gershi Schwartz, major talent, great, great person. And uh, he was like, let's make a video, you know. And, um, you, know like, you know, come on, don't, you know, do this. And I uh, I don't want to be here. What am I doing? So, uh, you know, so he perhaps, you know, uh, and the other videos like in Yoma, I remember people tell me, why are you smoking? And I was smoking at the time. And the guy's like, okay, start. You know, I wasn't, and I had a cigarette in my hand. It wasn't, you know, so let's my previous, uh, I mean, this Nachmu song, so there's a picture of me without sack. So that's a photographer, you know. Yeah. Actually, I think it's a fantastic photo. That whole like sitting on the couch. It's a really nice, colorful vibe. Yeah, yeah, the guy's very creative, Shem Barrel. Wow, special. Uh, and uh, you know, but so a lot of the most of the videos were not, you know, unless it has a storyline. And obviously, um, but I don't have that many videos. But uh, um, you know, but in general, for the most part, they weren't Africa thought out uh, mm. as you know, as a storyline. Sure. Two more questions for you. One is which is in your in your songs and and in your personality, you sometimes kick off and end off songs with "Hello." <laughs> What's the genesis of that? <laughs> I'll tell you. I I uh, worked like I said before with Gershi Schwartz, and he's an English bloke. Uh, uh-huh. So I, I, as I mentioned before, when I was fourteen, about I went to. Uh, 
England to the yeshiva, and uh, I spoke mostly Yiddish, right? Uh, so uh, I learned a lot more English. I spoke a lot more English in, in England, and uh, and also accents is like, is like a song to me. I like accents, and um, you know, and I definitely was fond of the English accents. Brought me back, you know. And so when I worked with him, and he spoke, he spoke like that. <laughs> So I uh, had a bit of fun, you know, and I was like, hello, are we all right? <laughs> Look at this guy saying he's not an actor. Come on. So, uh, so he, he recorded me, you know, uh, and uh, he put in bits and pieces. And Actually, a friend of mine, uh, he put in the hello, and I remember at the final, so to speak, final cut, a friend of mine uh, told me, my life, take it out. Nobody will take you serious. I said, exactly. I, I, I don't want to take myself serious. I, it's just, I'm just recording the song. I'm not, and I don't want to fool myself. I'm not like, I don't know, Mordechai and David. I'm not Yossi Green. I'm not, I just recorded the song. It's, don't get, you know, leave it in there. I don't want to. So, uh, and then uh, it was very funny. <laughs> people started yelling to me, Alan. It was quite, quite lovely. <laughs> Interesting how the uh, the thing that you didn't want to keep, you know, make it into a shtick or a thing becomes, you know, brings so much personality and makes yeah. it so memorable. Very cool. Last but not least, Milach, what is a great day for you? Well, I, I, I like uh, the sun and I like warmth. <laughs> a great day is when I wake up with a song and, and, uh, and I'm with friends. Well, may you be blessed to have many days of song and friends and in the warmth. And uh, I really spent, I really appreciate you taking the time today to share your journey and your wisdom uh, with me and with all listeners. Amen. Thank you for your brachot. And uh, likewise, and thank you very much for all your positive messages. I, I, uh, I'm not a great social media browser, you know, uh, in and out, but I do see your uh, your great messages and it makes a difference in my life and may Hashem uh, enlighten you and give you Simcha Tmidi and uh, all of our listeners and all of us even that don't want to listen <laughs> we should uh, you know find inner peace and uh, contentment Amen, Amen, Amen thank you thank you, great speaking to you stay in touch for sure, likewise Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Mylach, for joining me on the podcast. And if you can, take a moment to rate the podcast wherever you are listening to this podcast right now. If you found some value in this, please share it with your family, with your friends. And like I always say, stay positive, be happy. I'm Mayor Kay, and have a great day.